Welcome to Dolly Shares, a show where Dolly Howard shares her experiences, thoughts, and emotions as only Dolly can. This is a pre-recorded presentation. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to number 61, pre-recorded Dolly Shares, coming to you from Dolly World. I'm recording this to be aired the first time on Wednesday, October 23, 2019. Nancy Hopkins is the producer, and I'm Dolly Howard. And I'm actually recording this on Monday, October 21st, 2019, so so that I can talk to you about this while it's fresh in my mind. Well, anyway, it's due in a couple of days, so I need to get it done. Um, I'll be talking about my latest hospital experience. Oh, joy, oh, joy. <laughs> So, uh, first I drew an angel card. Let me get to the file where I have the angel card's explanations typed out. They had me draw the card, Archangel Zadkiel, Ask. Archangel Zadkiel helps us with asking. We think we cannot ask for what we need, or maybe we think we are not worthy enough to ask the angels for assistance. But the only rule that the angels have is that we must ask. So, ask out loud. Ask from your heart. Ask Zadkiel to help you. Nothing is too big or too small. Ask for help with everything. Remember, they can't help you unless you ask. And there are literally millions of unemployed angels just waiting to help. So ask. Give thanks to Zadkiel for their assistance in this manner. Thank you, Archangel Zadkiel and all the other angels. And thank you that I asked and my request was granted. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to put that down. Um, okay, I did ask, um, as I go on and, and tell you my story for today, you'll see what I'm talking about that I asked, and my prayer was answered. Regarding angels. I'm really thirsty today, so please excuse. You'll probably be hearing me drinking my 7-Up, but that's life. Um, Let's get situated here. i got to get a little more comfortable. Okay. Last Wednesday, October 16th, 2019... I had a regular cardiologist doctor appointment, and I'd been feeling pretty bad for a while. Chest pain, dizziness, nausea, and I have 
I've been having fade-outs periodically. What I mean by fade-outs, the kids and I help me to be able to to explain it to them, and now I can explain it to others. When my kids were growing up, we watched Willy Wonka every time it came out on TV. And so the way that I can describe the fade-outs is in Willy Wonka, when they go through the tunnel, they're on the Chocolate River, on the boat, and they're going through the tunnel, um, and it fades out into darkness. It starts real big, and then it fades, and a little, or little, or little, or fades out. Uh, it, and it makes me feel that way, the psychedelic way in that that you see the psychedelic type colors in that tunnel. Russell likes to call it my psychedelic moments. My my Willy Wonka psychedelic moments. And uh, so that's what I mean when I say I fade out. Things just narrow down and get dark on me and I... I don't know how long it's that way. I, uh, sometimes it's just a second. I can stop it before I get all the way black. But other times I haven't been able to. So anyway, that's what it is. The fade outs. So um, before I get into the story, let me start off by saying I have a DNR, which is do not resuscitate. I don't want people beating on me and trying to bring me back. Because this time when I get a chance to go, I'm going to go. And I'm going to stay and enjoy. Um, so, when I got to the doctor's and he came in the office, I shared with him about how I was feeling so bad. And how Friday, I started even feeling worse. And that was on Wednesday that I was telling him after that Friday. And he was really frustrated. um, Because I basically tied his hands as as to be able to know for sure what's going on inside of me with my heart and the plumbing. Because I wouldn't. I keep telling them, no, you can't do a, a, what do you call it, heart cath. Um, He's been wanting to do one on me since we moved here a few years back. But because of the last two bad experiences I had with the heart cath, I did not want another one ever in this lifetime. The first one was in 2003 when I was put immediately into ICU off of the cath lab table, and I ended up with five bypass surgery. That was not a fun experience. I didn't even realize uh, what was going on. Everything happened so fast. The second one was in November 
2014 when I had a doctor we call Dr. Narcissist. He's really an excellent surgeon. He did do, uh, with God's help, a miraculous procedure that had never been done before. He created this procedure on me, on the table, and I had had nothing but a numbing shot in my groin area where they slid it open and pushed all the wires and things up, up from my groin to my heart. Um, he rebuilt my main left artery. And he put stints in the front of my heart. And he couldn't do the back because my heart uh, kept stopping. <laughs> I kept dying on him. Which really pissed him off. And he told me about it the next day when he came to the hospital. I couldn't finish your back of your heart because you kept dying on me. Well, excuse me, Doc, I certainly didn't mean to interrupt your new procedure. So anyway, plus the fact I had had nothing for pain or discomfort or nerves prior to going in, while I was laying on the table for over three hours, having this all this stuff done to my heart because he was just going to do a heart cath he didn't intend to do surgery he had gotten in there and he said I need to take you to bypass right now and I said oh no you don't I'm not going to have another bypass surgery so that's when he decided he was going to try this new thing that he had in his head so that's when he, he did that and um, that was good of him because that was in 2014, and now it's 2019. So for five years, he kept me alive five years longer because they didn't expect me to get off that table. So um, Wednesday, my current cardio doc was hoping Annette would talk me into allowing him to do the heart cath when we were in his office. Uh, he told me that he he thought I needed to go to the emergency room and I really needed to do that Friday <laughs> before that Wednesday. <laughs> he couldn't understand why I didn't go in Friday. And I told him, I kept asking him, what are they going to do? If I go to ER... What are you going to do? I've tied your hands from a heart cath. Uh, I'm a DNR. What is going to happen if I go into ER? And so he'd, he'd rub his fingers through his hair and, and, and he'd, he'd shuffle back and forth on his legs and, and he'd look at me and he'd look at Annette and the poor guy, he was so frustrated. Bless his heart. So he said, well, I really think you need to go to ER. And he never did answer me what they could do. And so I was feeling so bad at that point. I mean, I thought, well, if I am going to die, I don't want to do it at home and have Annette 
have to take care of the mess from the body and and have to deal with calling people and all that. So I'm here at the hospital because the doctor's office is in the hospital on the second floor where I ended up being admitted. So I went to ER. Um, and he didn't know I was going to when I was leaving the office because I was still debating it in my mind. And uh, Annette talked me into going. So she wheeled me straight from his office down to first floor where the ER department was. And I'm telling you, uh, they got me into into an ER bed faster than what I could keep up with mentally. I mean, my body's laying there in the husp- in the ER bed, and, and finally my mind is catching up to my body, and there it is all laid out on that gurney. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to tell you the end of the story before I get there, because it's a long-ass story. After all, it is Dolly Shares. So now the cardio doctor that I currently have knows firsthand, close up, and personal what is going on with my heart and the plumbing, the heart plumbing. He's a happy camper. (laughs) Bless his heart. Bless his heart. After the heart cath, the doc came to the to the room later that day, and uh, he was leaning against the shelf behind him, and his arms were crossed, and he had his head hanging down, and he said, "He likes to call me Miss Howard. He's so he's he's a good Southern boy. He's over six feet tall, thin, <laughs> lanky, good-looking man." Anyway, he's standing there shaking his head slowly back and forth. Miss Howard, I don't know. I don't understand why you're still here. And he said, you're, he said, the, the main stint, the, the stint is 100% blocked, one of the stints. The other stints aren't that good. And then he looked up like all of a sudden he realized. He said, but your heart, I don't know why, and I don't know when it happened, but your heart got strong. Your heart is so strong, it's what's keeping you alive. Your heart is what is keeping you here. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with the Cheshire grin on my face thinking, Holy criminy. Holy criminy. I know why. And and so he he kept talking with Annette and me and about the different things and he was just amazed that somehow along the way My heart went from a piece of crap (laughs) to this strong, beating heart that is keeping a heart-diseased body 
alive. <laughs> so, um, y'all know what I'm going to say next. Y'all know why my heart is strong now. Because of God. Because of the angels. Because of my children. Because of Dave Corso. And Derek. And Nancy. And Walt. And my guys. And they know who they are. And prayers from all of y'all who have prayed for me. And from all of y'all who have sent me good energies. And from Mr. Spiral and Mr. Turtle and their good energies. How could my heart not be good? With all that going on. Energetically. So the next thing that we need to tackle is to get my uh, plumbing working better. <laughs> the, all the uh, heart vessels and and all the heart plumbing needs to be cleaned out. Rotor rootered. The doctor couldn't do it. He would. He said you would have died right there. Um, but I know that. We all can do it energetically, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you all for doing what you've done for me, to my body, with my body, it's with your energies. Thank you. I'm not done yet. <laughs> when I'm done, I'll be gone. <laughs> but I'm not done yet. And so... I did leave the hospital in the same condition as when I was admitted, but now we know for sure what's going on inside my chest, and so does my cardio doc, and he's so happy. Oh, geez, my phone has been going all day. It's another toll-free call. Just ignore that ring, okay? I don't answer that phone, especially when it says a toll-free call on them um so now that i've shared all that i'll share some of the experiences i had whilst i was at the hospital um let me look at this see how i am on time oh good i'm doing okay on time uh, annette wheeled me from the doc's office to the er department we were put in a room right away and i explained to you how fast that seemed to me um, it, when you go to the ER and you say you're having chest pains or chest discomfort, you're put in a hospital so and in the ER gurney so fast you, you can't even keep up with yourself. <laughs> so the first man that came in the room, I'll call him nice man, was so sweet. He was such a dear. He asked me the questions, got me hooked up to the cardio machine with all the friggin' wires in that in that heavy machine the wires attached to that they put in a pocket of the gown that they put on you. So that this this box that's so heavy 
that has the wires attached to it sends the signals of what your heart's doing to these people who are watching the computer screen readout in a room somewhere in the hospital. So I got hooked up to that pretty quick. And the IV. Nice man put the IV in me, and I'm telling you, it was so smooth, so easy, and he put it in a perfect spot on my arm so that I could use my arm. It wasn't in the crook of my arm. It was about mm, three inches up from my wrist, and it, it was a perfect spot, and he did such a good job. So um, I need to put in a note here. I will be referring to the questions. They are the same questions. Everyone who entered the ER room asked. The same ones, y'all. My name, birthday, doctor's names, why I came to the ER, how long the issue had been going on, do I have allergies to medications, which I'm allergic to just about everything. Then they wanted to know the reactions to all the allergies for the medications. And how does my body react with them? Have I had surgeries? Oh, good Lord, have I had surgeries. I've had umpteen million frickin' surgeries, too. What were they and when? I have had so many surgeries. Oh. I, it, for for instance, I had all my babies C-section. Well, except for the first one I lost. Um, so I've had three C-sections. I've had a laparoscopy. I've had a hysterectomy, complete hysterectomy, when I was in my uh, late 30s, early 40s. And, uh, no, it was, I was 37, I remember, because the doctor was having a fit. You're too young, yada, yada, yada. And then he apologized all over the place when he had gotten done and saw how bad it was in there. <laughs> um, so the, then I've had some others. So uh, anyway, I had, I've had surgeries, yes. Uh, and I can't even remember all the other questions that everyone who entered the room asked me. I mean, they have a computer sitting right there. Most of the answers they want is on that computer. While a nice man was in the room, a lady from X-ray came in with her equipment and asked the questions. She took, she took chest X-rays and left wishing me well. She was a kind lady with a good aura and demeanor. So I didn't mind. It was only the second time I'm answering all these questions. Uh, then nice man left the room shortly after a kind x-ray lady did. The next person entering the room was the doctor's assistant. And she was she's such a pretty little thing. She proceeded to ask the questions in a nice way. And she didn't ask me all of the questions because she was reading the computer that was on that tall table that everyone had access to and looked at while they're asking me the questions. So anyway, she was she was really cool. 
Um, she asked for clarification on some of them. Um, and uh, she had a nice aura, a nice demeanor about her. I, I really, she was a good person. She is a good person, inside and out. Oh, yeah, and I'd really like to, I'd like to share this. Annette ended up showing all the people who came in the room a paper that I have typed up with all the information about my health and history and my POA information, POA being power of attorney. All the, uh, for Annette to be my power of attorney, for the living will, the DNR, yada, yada, yada. So the lady doctor got her information from that paper and asked, and the computer, and asked for clarification a few times. And she said to me that she sees and understands that I have an extensive and serious health history. Well, you all, this made my eyes cry and my face couldn't hide that I was having issues with tears running down my cheeks. She asked so sweetly why I was crying. Annette told her it was because I had been indoctrinated throughout my life that I am a hypochondriac and people are having trouble getting me to realize that I'm not. <laughs> so Lady Doctor was shocked and she picked up the paper and held it out toward me and she said, Dolly, look at this paper. According to the things that are written on this paper, there is no way you are a hypochondriac. She said, don't ever think you are a hypochondriac. In fact, according to this paper, you should have complained a heck of a lot sooner than what you did, which every doctor I've had has told me. So bless the lady, doctor. I am, I think I am now, beginning to realize I'm not a hypochondriac which will help me with my further health issues. So um, she asked me why I didn't come in on Friday when I started having these issues. <laughs> and that said, that's what I keep asking her. She doesn't, she doesn't let me know when she's not feeling good. And the cardio doc wants to know that too. And it's because she's stubborn. And the lady doctor started giggling. And I tried to explain it's because I didn't want to be crying wolf. Being the hypochondriac that I am, you know. Uh, and they got a little frustrated and reaffirmed, do not say that again, do not feel that, you aren't. So, next persons in the room were two nurses. Nice first day as an RN nurse and nurse in charge of me. She made sure that Annette and I knew she was the nurse in charge, actually, of the world, the universe, but especially of me. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. She ended up being more difficult than either Annette nor I could handle. She had a bad aura and a 
the head to meet her. When I looked at her, I could see her aura looking the way uh, that they show on cartoons. They show scared cats on cartoons with their arms and legs extended out from the body and all their hair standing straight out and jagged in, fr in fright and their mouth open screaming. Her voice was as loud as a megaphone. She said her words so fast I couldn't understand them and had a pitch to her voice that actually hurt my ears so much I had to cover them while she was talking. She talked so fast that the noise coming from her mouth was a continuous screech in my head. And to Annette's and my disdain, I had to keep asking her what she said because of the way she talked too fast, too loud. And she wouldn't even give me time to answer a question if I understood it. And of course... She asked the questions as she was looking at the computer screen, as she held the paper in her hands. So we pointed that out to her, but she started screeching, I have to ask these questions. It's my job. I just wanted her to be quiet and get out of the room at that point. And so, uh, I, I told her, I, I'm really, I'm really confused at this point. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. You won't stop and let me answer your questions. And you keep asking me the same question. And I just put my head in my hands and, and, And I tried hard not to try, not to start crying. So, at that point, she left the room with the nice first day as an RN nurse in tow. They weren't gone long before they came back. Nurse in charge of me started in again. Oh my gosh. I finally put my hand up and stopped her. I asked her to please listen to what I was going to say. I had to ask her a couple times. She indicated she would. So I repeated, I cannot understand your words because you talk too fast. So she started in again to explain she had to ask the question, yada, 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 yada. Oh my gosh, Annette, Annette had enough and and she lost it with that woman. And they had a few words for her. Um, she told her, we already heard those questions a dozen times. The answers to her questions are on the piece of paper that she's holding. They're on the computer. Read. And then at one point Annette said, can't you read? Weren't you ever taught to read? Oh my gosh, she got so frustrated. So, by then the lady's thinking, oh, she's a raving bitch. Well, yeah. And she told her. 
I'm not even going to apologize for being a bitch because you're upsetting my mom. And when people upset my mom or hurt her, I'm going to take charge. <laughs> so charge and nurse. So nurse in charge of Dolly left the room with the nice first day as a RN nurse with her in tow. Yay! Because nurse in charge of Dolly never came back in the room again. And we never had to be subjected to her again. Oh, thank God. At this intermission, a big man who is a hospital doctor came in and introduced himself. Oh, my gosh, y'all. He was such a gentle giant. He, he was... I'm telling you, he was so precious. Uh, he was just, he was beyond precious. <laughs> and so he asked a few questions uh, regarding my health issues. And he gently, ever so gently, checked my pulse and listened to my chest. And he explained what they were planning to do with me. And, and then Annette and I gave him the nurse in charge of Dolly's story. And he was so apologetic. We told him, it's not your fault. You had nothing to do about it. We just had to vent. <laughs> and he, he apologized some more, and then he left the room. And then nice first day as an RN nurse came back in. She had to do something in there, I don't know what. And we explained to her our position on nurse in charge of Dolly. And she said, oh, she understood completely and not to worry. And she, she told us that this was her first day as an RN working in the ER. She used to be a tech in the ER. And she went to school and she got her RN license and... So we were her second patients ever on her first day working in her ER as an RN. Ah, we were so proud of her. So we talked to her for quite a while, and we encouraged her and told her she was doing a good job. And then uh, she and Gentle Giant Doctor protected us from nurse in charge of Dolly. Yeah, so I told you we never had to see that being again. So the admissions lady came in and asked for asked the financial questions. Short and sweet for that one. Yes, I have Medicare and supplemental insurance. I signed the papers, and she left a happy camper. And we were happy campers. So, nice first day as RN nurse and gentle giant doc came in a few more times to check on us and let us know they had a room for me and transportation was on the way to get me hallelujah so i really i wasn't in er that very long before they took me to a room um it's just that so much activity happened in that short time i was freaking exhausted, hurting, and, 
and wanting to go home, of course, by that time. I said, okay, I, I have peased in that. I came to ER, now it's time to go home. <laughs> of course, you know, they didn't let me. So, transportation arrived, but I don't remember the ride to the room, but I do remember seeing the room for the first time. Y'all, God really watches over me. I looked in that room. It was a huge room. One bed was in it. It was a private room. It was beautiful. It had a nice couch in it where Annette would sit and sleep. And 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 a huge TV. And all the things you'd ever need. Well, except for good food. <laughs> We're in that room, all things you'd need for a hospital stay. And uh, I even had an air bed. It's a bed that, that, that was, had air in it, not regular mattress, an air bed. And, and it was hooked up to a machine that kept the air circulating in the bed. And there was a discussion between a couple of the nurses as I was being wheeled in uh, that that bed needed to be changed out for a regular hospital bed. And one of the nurses was really upset. It has to be taken out. It has to be. And the other nurse says, Why? We don't need it anywhere else. Why can't we just leave it here? Well, I'm putting it in her name then. And I thought, Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't a million bucks. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up keeping that bed. They ended up keeping that bed in the room for me. I'm telling you, angels at work. So, um, when we got there, it was change of shift. So there was like four four nurses in the room, and they were doing their change of shift thing. So I got to meet the daytime nurses, and long enough to chit-chat for a few minutes and say goodbye to them, and then uh, the nighttime nurses took over. There's not a whole lot to share about the hospital room experience. Uh, let me see how I am here. With time, okay, it's, I've been on 38 minutes. Uh, how many more pages do I have typed up here? Hmm, there's three. Here's three and one, two, three, three pages. Okay, so I can take my time. I don't have to rush to tell you the story. So, I was hooked up immediately to a heparin IV, uh, which they kept on me until I went into the cath lab. And then the doc said, oh, you can take that off her for now. And, and then he said, they didn't have to hook me up to it again. And, and so the nurse had it all. It's, it's a big deal, y'all. I guess the heparin is only used for severe cases, according to this nurse. 
So she's muttering under her breath, severe case, and and I have to get this calculation right. I don't want to hurt her. And, and, and I'm laying there thinking, honey, you don't have to worry. I got so many angels in this room, I'm surprised you got room to be here. Uh, so she kind of, she figured it all out and finally started to relax. And then, uh, while I was in the hospital room, there was the cardboard that the cafeteria was trying to push off on me as food. They didn't fool me one little bit, nor did they fool the nurses. That crap was cardboard heated up and passed off as food and it was all the same oh i couldn't eat it i really um they helped me to lose more weight i had lost 10 pounds uh in a short time because i don't feel so good but i'm telling you that hospital stay helped me to lose more weight what a way to go on a diet huh (laughs) and then i had the the blood-drawing vampires who are in and out all the time, at least a minimum every two hours, because when you're done heparin, it it thins your blood is what it does, so you don't get blood clots. So they were continually having to draw my blood to make sure that it wasn't getting too thin, and, and that I didn't, it was thin enough that I wouldn't be getting blood clots, so at least a minimum every two hours. The vampires would enter the room. (sighs) And then there was also the nurses who would come in to take my blood pressure and pulse and and my air intake and my temperature. There were those fanatics who were screwing around me every one and a half hours, all night even. There is no sleep for the hospital patients. Don't think you're going to go to the hospital and rest. And then, in the middle of the night, there's this guy, this creepy-looking guy, who is pushing this big machine that is washing the floor, and it has an airplane motor in it. So you know it's very loud, and you can hear him across the hospital coming toward you oh my gosh and then he was really creepy I watched him because I I was sitting where I could see out my door and I was across from the nurses station too so there a lot of activity going on out there in that hall so this guy with the big airplane driven uh, floor washer gets to my door and he stopped and he's looking in at me and I'm looking at him and he started to get a little uncomfortable so then he moves on slowly and he goes around the U where the rooms are round in a U shape And he gets on the other side where I can see a couple rooms' doors. And he stops at every room. 
and stands there and stares in. It's really creepy. He went around a couple times, and we went through that. Uh, so I have to, just a minute, I have to put you on a pause. Okay, I'm back. I had to take a break, and my Sherry called my youngest daughter. And so I got to talk to her for a long time. Um, where was I with talking with y'all? Hmm. I think I was telling you about that weird-ass guy who was pushing the airplane-motored floor washer. Oh, anyway, the hospital stay was usual for me. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I wanted to share. Annette had talked me into getting the cast done so they could all figure out what's really going on so I consented let's see did I tell you? yeah I think I did that the cardio doc came to the room and he was so excited looked like he was doing a jig <laughs> he said to me that big grin on his face. We're going to do it? <laughs> I said, yes, we're going to do it. <laughs> He'd been wanting to do that heart cast ever since I first walked in his office. Annette said I gave him the best Christmas present he ever got. Or ever will get, even. That was Wednesday night. The procedure was scheduled for Friday morning, so I had Thursday as a day of rest <laughs> for them to prep my body for the procedure. So nice and loving nurses came and went from the room. And, uh, and then the cleaning ladies and... Uh, and of course the vampires continued that day and night so Friday morning the CNA woke me up certified nurse assistant woke me up at 5am and she helped me do a sponge bath oh and it felt so wonderful to be clean y'all oh my gosh it helped to relax me even Annette arrived while I was doing that and then, while I was getting the sponge bath, Annette had just arrived. We got the word that, hey, we're going for 6 o'clock. So, we were thinking it was going to be around 9. So, everybody's scurrying around to get me all ready to go down to the cath lab. And uh, so I was sitting in bed, and this sweet little angel lady came to get me. She's a younger little girl, and... <clears throat> she's a little she was so bubbly and fun and full of laughter and life and she said she was going to take me to the cath lab bed and all I didn't even have to get out of the bed so she wheeled me down and we were laughing and having a good time the whole way to the cath lab where I met two other cath lab nurses 
everybody was just they were just wonderful full of life full of laughter they knew I was scared out of my mind <laughs> and they they talked to me about it so you don't need to be nervous here and I explained why and they said well this doctor's a different doctor he's nothing like the other doctor and uh, that last doctor and <clears throat> and it wasn't an emergency situation they didn't think and so anyway they calmed me down and and they were really sweet to me and got me prepped and I had to shave my wrist because they did it through my wrist the doctor was able this is a kind of relatively new procedure where they can do the heart cath through a wrist rather than through your groin area so that was pretty darn cool I'm telling you so much easier even the doctor said you'll have such a shorter uh, uh, healing time <laughs> that's all I can think to say right now a shorter healing time and it'll be so much better on my body so that was cool <coughs> um, the doctor the doctor walked into the cat's lab singing a Christmas carol joy to the world the Lord has come <laughs> everybody looked up and he's all happy and singing and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And he's saying to everybody, Are you ready for Christmas? Are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> and that was after Annette had told me, You've given him the best Christmas present of his life to be able to do with a heart cath on me. He really wanted to get in there and see firsthand what the other guy had done in rebuilding my main left artery seeing as it was a procedure the guy made up while he was doing it on me. And so he was sitting there at the table and waiting for my turn and talking, chatting with everybody and we were all having a good time. And then it was my turn to go in the cath lab and they wheeled me in, put me on this skinny ass little table where it's so skinny that uh, you, your shoulders hang over the edge, so your arms are hanging down. So this this sh short, chubby—he's not real bad chubby, but uh, plump, short, plump, younger guy. He was—he's my son's age. I found that out. We were discussing that. And he came to me. He was my anesthetist. He put me in the twilight zone. And uh, he, I kept watching him because I didn't see him, his feet touching the ground. And, and he was flitting here and flitting there. And he moved so fast it was as if I couldn't see him move in between places. And I said to him, do you always move this fast? Oh yes, done it all my life. And he's flitting around. And he'd come over and he'd have his face in front of my face. I mean close because there was a machine, the x-ray type machine was up there. 
Uh, so he kind of had to get between it and me. And so he's asking me, how are you feeling? Are you okay? I'm, and he'd tell me everything he's going to do. And he, and he said, you're going to start feeling really good now. But I'm not going to knock you all the way out. We need you to be able to do commands. <clears throat> so I never was knocked all the way out, but I sure did feel good. <laughs> no pain whatsoever. No scared whatsoever. And the doctor was wonderful. Um, and I'm telling you, I decided that David, the anesthetist, had invisible roller skates on. And that's how he was getting around so quick. I mean, really, I think he had the invisible roller skates on, at least at that point in time. And so uh, it didn't seem to take but maybe 20 minutes, but what the heck did I know? I was feeling good and happy. <laughs> but during that time, I heard the cardio doc, hmm, hmm, look at that. He got, he literally got excited. He was in his happy place. Let me put it that way. And there was, oh, there goes the phone again, I'm telling you. Ever since I got home, all these toll-free calls. So, um, oh yeah, the doc. And he had a nurse beside him called Sarah. And she was like that, too. Um, she'd be humming and ooing and eyeing right along with the doctor and she I never thought that would be I heard him say that and I said what are they talking about <laughs> but I really didn't care I just wondered about the excitement in their voices so so I gotta tell you this at this point when I was typing this up because I typed this up so that I didn't forget things for you and I didn't repeat myself, hopefully. Here's what I typed. Because this is what happened at that moment in time when I'm typing this for you all. Oh my gosh. I know who David is. My anesthetist. The little guy on the invisible roller skates. It was just revealed to me. David is an angel who was sent to watch over me. Oh my gosh! Thursday night I had asked if I could have an angel in the room who I could see. And there he was in human form. Oh my gosh! He is my hospital angel who came to talk with me when I had the five bypass surgery back in January of 2003. That's why he looks to me like he wasn't touching the ground, that he was on roller skates flying all around the room, that he I couldn't really see him in between his stops. He'd flit here and flit there, and, and, and he and I even talked about his scurrying about. <laughs> I do so much love God. Oh, my gosh. Ask. And you shall receive. I had asked for the angel that I could see. And then I even said, God, I know this is probably a silly request that won't be answered, but, but I'm going to pray and ask for it, God. 
I got goosebumps. My hairs are standing up while I'm telling you this. It happened. There was David. <laughs> there he was. And I realize, especially lately, we'd best watch what we're asking for because our answers to our prayers are coming fast and furious, y'all. At least mine are. I feel for sure the thinning of the veil between us, between the earth people and the next step. I feel it. I can see through it now. I, I, it, it's incredibly wonderful. Um, so both doctors discharged me Friday afternoon after they saw I was doing okay. I can't believe it. Yes, I can believe it. That was David, my angel from 2003. <laughs> the one that came to the hospital and was asked, was telling me all these things that I was going to encounter, how I should react, what I should say, and that I wouldn't remember until maybe some of it I would remember after uh, the events happened throughout the years. And he's the one that I asked if I could shake his hand. We went one, two, three, shaking the hand, and poof! He went into mist, went to the ceiling, disappeared. His mist went out the hospital door back in 2003. So, um, so um, I was released that afternoon. It was so nice to come home, be able to eat some real food, and sleep in my own bed, even though it was a wonderful air bed at the hospital. At the hospital, there's nothing like your own bed. And as I opened the door, Amber was waiting right there, looking up at me, meowing and purring. Oh my gosh, she was beside herself. There's my mom! My mom who's been missing! And as I walked through the living room, Sagey was in the chair, her chair. She considers it her chair now. Used to be the chair that I called my chair. Uh, before I got the laptop and I'd do my computer stuff sitting in that chair when we moved here. So anyway, it's now Sagey's chair. So she begrudgingly looked up and I could hear her feel her say, Hi, Mom, from the chair. <laughs> so she stayed right there until she was darn good ready to come in and forgive me for being gone. <laughs> I contacted Nancy to let her know I was home. And later that night, we were talking, and she asked me if my wrist hurt. I said, yes. She asked, did you talk with Mr. Spiral about it? Well, darn me. I hadn't. <laughs> I did right then, immediately. And he helped me before I even got the words out. So today is Monday, October 21st. My right wrist and arm, halfway up to my elbow, are very colorful. Black, purple, yellow, and green. And my left inner elbow is pretty much the same colorful sight <coughs> from where the vampires were poking on me, drawing my blood. 
I'm feeling the same, of course, because nothing was changed. But we all know now what is actually happening and not happening to my heart and its plumbing. It's wonderful to have friends, acquaintances, and beings I don't know, but who know me through listening to our YouTubes, who are praying for me and sending me good energies. Um, they're doing what they do. Maybe not the prayers, but they're sending me the good energies to help me, help my body, help my heart. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, because y'all are why my heart is stronger. Why it surprised my doctor. He never thought my heart would be able to be this strong, ever. And he's pleasantly surprised and marveled. He just shakes his head when he looks at me. I don't know how you're alive. It's your heart. Your heart is strong. That's the only thing in your body that's keeping you alive is your strong heart. <laughs> thank, thank God that I can witness to, uh, to my cardio doc. Yes, spiritual things happen all the time. Miracles happen. People make miracles. And I have wonderful people in my life. I'll share that with my doc the next time I see him. I am so blessed to have y'all. So, I want to say thank you to you. Of course, this means that I'll be around longer to share my craziness with y'all. I'm so blessed to have you all in my life. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Dolly Shares with Dolly Howard. Thank you for listening.